0: star trek discovery season two episode 11 perpetual infinity is over we're just getting started here on post show recaps Hello, everybody mike bloom here back from a brief break hopping around over 950 years or so and boy are my arms tired as i come back to the star trek discovery podcast of course i'm not alone i am joined by my co-pilot this week my lovely wife angela bloom angela how are you
1: i'm doing great that was a great dad joke
0: (sighs) I, I have to be prepared. You do. You have to well, get mean, ready. Th- listen, this is a, a an episode all about mommies, so I want to get a little bit of a daddy mentions in there. Done. <laughs> How did you feel about this episode as a mother-to-be? Um,
1: I didn't think of it in that lens, so you're asking a very weird question. Um, it was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. Um, it was definitely not the like tense episode we had last week, but... Um, Yeah, no, it was really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, Star Trek, I I forget sometimes how Discovery, I guess it's two for two in really turning on the engine Mm -hmm. when it comes to these twists later in the season. Because I feel like what last season was 15 episodes, and around this time was the big, like, Orca is a Mirror Universe reveal, and the Eller's Vogue reveal, so... Right,
1: yeah, I mean, last week was the big reveal of who's the Red Angel, and this week was sort of, like, seeing how that pans
0: out. Yeah, and then even the week before was like, oh, uh, who was Arian being controlled by? Literally control, and what was control trying to do? So I feel like it's really funny, you know, when uh, uh, Gabriella brings up, you know, Terralisium, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot
1: that was an episode.
0: (laughs) this season. It's just crazy how, you know, when I was, last time I was on with Jess, I said how that eighth episode... Uh, sort of felt like the like m- a marker that we were moving into a different part of the season and now it feels we are firmly in
1: another yeah, part of the season. Yeah, we're definitely in like part 2, which was uh last season they actually had a part 2. So. Yeah. Um yeah, I really like the episode. I think we learned a lot. Um we still have control. It's there. We
0: lost control of control though. Yeah,
1: control of control is lost, but Conveniently, Ash Tyler is free.
0: Ash Tyler is—he's like the Rasputin. Of no, he's got—he's like a kitty.
1: He's got nine lives.
0: Yeah, I guess if you, I mean if you count like, say, like a dog soul got into a cat does that count as like an, an i think that's well? like slightly
1: racist that you just called him a dog
0: well i'm saying like he was a he was a klingon yeah now a human so
1: that's what i'm saying that's
0: <laughs> not direct comparison between dogs and all you klingon listeners out there i'm not strictly We're comparing. Try not to
1: offend the klingon
0: I, I guess i should be saying this in klingon but yeah ash tyler uh i mean albeit he might we'll talk about this i think as we get uh later into the podcast i think he has a definite different view of section 31 totally given that you know I think he
1: always did i think he was just sort of like i don't have anywhere else to be so let me just be here
0: right but i think that he also was sort of indoctrinated with this philosophy of you know and justifies the means and i think he sort of went in with this mentality of we're the misfits
1: well and also like he leland maybe was an okay person but now he's not a person anymore so it's sort of like whatever
0: (laughs) yeah i do we'll talk about leland 2.0 leland
1: um
0: yeah well, let's, let's actually, since this is such a time-jumpy episode, I feel like it would be ironic if we actually went chronologically through what was going on. <laughs> it's
1: the only way to keep track of it, really.
0: It really is. And we start, speaking of other time jumps, with a flashback to the Duttori D- 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 Alpha Research Outpost, of course, we found out last episode. Yeah,
1: even further in the past, and technology is way more advanced than it's ever been. Well, so
0: that's the thing, I'm, I... You bring up a great point, because from what I recall, when they initially, when Saru first, you know, used his uh, super-duper vision to see the Red Angel, they were saying, oh, the Red Angel possesses this technology, this futuristic technology that's way beyond our years. But apparently this technology was created before, in the before yeah. Discovery took place. So, I mean, I guess... I'm just, waiting
1: for, like, the cataclysmic event where everything falls apart prior to TOS. Yeah, and then
0: everything <laughs> just now It's like, all right, I guess we can rebuild, but it'll all look like it's in the late 60s. Exactly, exactly. So we have michael's parents of course we have sonia sohn appearing as she did uh in the last episode but right. the big fun little cameo here michael's dad also named michael so i guess michael is michael burnham jr
1: i mean that clears a lot of things up why did they name their female daughter michael it's not really a it doesn't, doesn't really it's not a woman's name that's what i mean so like the dad was like uh, maybe they couldn't think of anything and he's like michael
0: <laughs> that's my name yeah uh, but he is played by. Kenrick Green, who, for those of you that don't know, is Saniqua Martin Green's husband. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of fun. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, he looks familiar. And you were like, oh, it's her husband. And I was like, oh,
0: and her dad? <laughs> yeah. She t- mentioned this at the. It's not like she's acting with him, though. No, but she mentioned it at the New York Comic Con panel uh that she did for Star Trek Discovery before the season started. She didn't reveal too much about his cameo, but it's really interesting to just have. Your husband play your father. I know they're not supposed to look alike, but you could see it in the same family. Like,
1: again, he's acting with a young actress, not Sanuka Mark and Green. Like, (laughs) so she doesn't have to actually imagine him as her dad.
0: But we actually get to see, you know, the Klingon warbird touchdown and Michael Burnham get trapped in the closet as all this. Oh, yeah. But we do
1: find out that she's trapped in the closet because, you know, they're they have a plan. And her mom's like, I'm going to take her with me. But it doesn't work out that way.
0: Yeah. So Michael wakes up and she's in sick bay. She's trying to really wrap her mind about things. She's like, oh, okay, did I just hallucinate due to asphyxiation? You know, my mother She's like,
1: no, no, it was definitely me. Right. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, sorry. It's your mom.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing, though. I feel like I can't tell if this is the exact opposite or the exact same as the Michael from the beginning of the season, who is like all logic this red right. angel can't possibly exist like- well
1: i mean to be fair she did just die so mm-hmm. i think she's a little out of it i right. don't think this has much to do with her like logic versus emotional state
0: mm, yeah who would have thought star trek discovery would cross over with the oa in so many ways
1: <laughs> no Michael
0: wakes up an underground facility <laughs>
1: kind of but above ground in a spaceship
0: and cerule did his morning song maybe there's some a dance to go with it the, oh my god the maneuvers no. whatever it's called the yeah. end let's not get too off topic with, <laughs> with the oa uh so yeah so there's a reveal that this is indeed Michael it's her Burnham, mama which is interesting Leland's gonna bring up later on like i saw her body is it how do we think that happened do you think like her husband or whoever was with her like created a clone of her do we think it's another know, like another like, hallucination like what happened with Spock and the and the Starbase team
1: but then there's also like the yeah the whole thing where uh Leland is like no they're or later in the episode T'Nika Martin Green's like what's with the signals and her mom is like Gabrielle's like um what signals yeah, so IDK. like i don't know you know so maybe that has something to do with it i, I really like maybe that there's too. multiple versions of her
0: yeah i really like that by the way uh because i do feel like otherwise this would kind of be like a wrapped up with a tight little mm-hmm. bow type of thing so there still is a lasting mystery as to you know, she doesn't know what the signals are. The big debate was: did the angels cause the signals or vice versa? I don't think anyone was expecting that they'd be two completely separate things,
1: right? Because like Spock's the one seeing the signals too. So what's what's he got to do with it all?
0: Do you have any thoughts as to who might be sending the signals? No. Considering that now we're doing we're dealing with time travel.
1: <laughs> no, because I really did think it was all tied together. So um we'll have to see what next episode brings up. I'm not quite sure though. I Why wonder, do you?
0: I mean, I wonder if it's what if it's like a Gabrielle from even further in the future.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's sort of hinting, like, what I was saying before that it's, like, there's multiple versions of her. Yeah. So, like, she goes back at the end of this episode, spoiler alert, to 950 years in the future, and she doesn't have the suit anymore to travel around, so she's sending signals now. Yeah.
0: So this could be, like, old Gabrielle. Yeah setting the signals back to make sure everything exactly. gets right with the timeline it's like it's like looking in a funhouse mirror when they all echo back yeah, and she forth. can't travel
1: in time anymore but she can send these red lights
0: well then i think that also ties and i know we're sort of jumping around here in terms of theories but i know that you and jess were talking about how does this connect back to calypso calypso and maybe it's something along the lines of like maybe there's a time crystal aboard discovery and their plan is to like Leave discovery mm, maybe. until uh, she stumbles upon it and is able to travel back in time. Because so just, Calypso takes place a thousand years in the future. So and, only
1: fifty years yeah, later. Yeah, say
0: that's it a hop, skip, and a jump from a and
1: technically twenty years after she's left. Well, no, I guess she's getting pulled back to the same point in time in the future. Yeah, so So it's not like nine (laughs) hundred fifty plus twenty.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it could just be something where you know they she's able to find it. She's able to work with. Zora, who maybe she's sort of like, if they're living in this universe where control has taken control of everything, this is like an AI offshoot. This is good AI, you know? Yeah,
1: so is that like, because you know how they have 50% of the data mm-hmm. and they sent 50% of the data out into space? Yeah. So like maybe the 50% that's on discovery is the good 50
0: Yeah, exactly. The yin yang.
1: I know that's not right. It just it could be.
0: It could be. Listen, we're throwing in as many cockamamie things we can <laughs> considering how bananas this show can get. It I, is a little bananas. I mean, I know that Jess had been yearning for the Bananas Disco of season 1 and even though we were sort of milling about in the normal Star Trek oov for the first few episodes. Yeah, last
1: episode and this episode are just like, "Oh, and by yeah. the way, like this the, is the
0: thing." Yeah, the back half has yeah. been particularly crazy. Speaking of which, let's talk about the scene with Leland and Control. So gross. Did you like, well, yeah, besides the grossness of it all, the neck injections, did you like what Control was doing in terms of assuming the forms of Michael and Pike? And well, it, it was
1: nice to have an explanation for it. He was yeah. basically saying, like, it's easier for me as a computer to assume the form of a Vulcan because they're computer-like yeah. in their tone and in their, like, being. So I could do that as a hologram, but doing like as you can see like when he becomes like saru and like all these other people it's like very obviously not them um but then he's like i am past that point i've grown grown through it and now i need a human so let me just drill into your neck you
0: you my skin bag now yeah
1: exactly and i think it's like it sucks. It's like you're watching it. And you're like, oh, I wish this wasn't happening. But you're like, oh, well, at least it's happening to someone. I was going to say, Leland, we don't really care
0: about. I mean, his morals were very ambiguous to begin with. So this, and he just, was such
1: like a mid season character for us. It was just kind of like, uh okay, whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did feel for the guy because like, he clearly did not want it to happen to him. But I mean, this is also like him playing with fire. uh I guess totally. my my question about Section Thirty One though is. A couple episodes ago, I mean, the H- HQ seemed like it was pretty destroyed.
1: Well, right? yeah, so we talked about this last episode, because in, uh, in the last podcast, basically, the, they were like, HQ is destroyed. They checked to make sure there was no control there, and they checked all the ships. But, like, he was like, I, I don't think it's gone, you know?
0: I mean, do we think that there is some sort of, like, I don't know floating hub that they're still operating on or is it pretty much like all right everyone's in it no i don't think
1: yeah i think it's like there's a bunch of section section 31 ships at the in the preview for next season so clearly they're all still out there but i don't think they have a new headquarters yet
0: Mm -hmm. i do like you know control really outlining leland's philosophy of like you join section 31 to bring a brutish universe to its knees to maintain order by any means necessary basically saying like I'm doing this for you, even though I don't think it's. Yeah,
1: totally. Program. Well, and it's like even later in the episode when Leland is control and he's talking to Ash Tyler and he's talking to Giorgio and he's just like to Giorgio, like you want to be the baddest bitch in the universe, like you can't like let this other like lady be here. Then mm-hmm. basically,
0: yeah. What, what did you think about? No, it, I guess it's sort of like
1: it's like flawed human logic. He's like thinking he understands humans, yeah. By saying that,
0: I mean, it's it, I guess do we call this like possession? Because essentially what Control did was just inject a bunch of nanites, it seems, into his body.
1: Right, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's, like, computer possession. It's sort of just, like, kind of like what happened with Arium. Like, if any other human has any sort of technology, like, adapted to them, Mm -hmm. like, Control could theoretically take them over. Mm -hmm. So he just put some technology in him and then, you know, transferred his data.
0: I have a question that I've seen bandied about across social media since this episode. Is this the Borg? are we seeing the origins? Cause we're talking about a yeah. species that is partly mechanical with some humanistic qualities. I mean,
1: maybe, but the thing about the Borg is that like we in next generation, um, they've never been heard of before. They're, yeah, they're, just, they're, out, they're out in yeah. the middle of
0: the Delta Quadrant. So yeah. like,
1: I think that, I mean, maybe, but I, I think that like, they would have at least had to sort of make up for the fact that like, this has been going to be discovered in the future like how, you know, we'd have to make it like super obvious, I I'm guess. I'm trying to
0: remember was, you know Enterprise a smidge more than I do. Were the Borg mentioned in Enterprise? because don't that, remember. Cause that, cause that I have a crazy brain.
1: I don't know. You keep asking me things like this. This is like our life now do you remember this and like i don't yeah, because remember is banned in our household <laughs> yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i have pregnancy brain so the, the
0: one thing that makes me because i would say this is you know an interesting connector if it does end up being the borg back right. to the uh, you know canon but the one thing that's pushing me from saying it's not is because i mean the borg's mission is not to destroy no it's to humanity. take over it's life to, yes to assimilate, assimilate yeah right. so i
1: don't think it is but it's like an it's an interesting theory. I think like we're sort of trained to see any sort of like technological like um human interlocking I don't know what I'm saying any sort of technology inter yeah. species human to be sort of borg-like just because of how threatening they are in the series but i don't think that that's this
0: well plus i think they also it also doesn't help that they say like a resistance is futile synonym i can't remember exactly what they say but right. it's something very similar right
1: and i do think like this is an ai whereas like that's more so like a human humanoid mm-hmm Type of species where yeah, this, this is, is like, like pure there's, yeah, there's, technology. Yeah, there's
0: no Leland in yeah, this two point oh. It's pretty much all control, just in his skin.
1: Yeah, he's like dead, basically.
0: So we get what was it like eight hundred forty one records of yeah, like Gabrielle's all, time,
1: and then and then uh, Michael just sits there kicks up her feet and start watching her ipad with her mom her dead mom on it
0: (laughs) yeah there was a really awkward moment where she like touches yeah hologram and then somebody walks in and it feels like she did something dirty
1: i don't remember that but (laughs) yeah no i she definitely was like very intimate with this like um this memory log which is i mean kind of Good on her mom for keeping this. I'm not, you know, I guess it was trying to keep her sanity more than anything, but um very descriptive in these logs. Like, thanks for the info.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess she is. I, I didn't say it. She's a scientist. I, I yeah. Say, she's an engineer. I don't think they ever said she was a Starfleet person, but she's got those logs yeah. down pat.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's just something they do in the future, too.
0: And interestingly enough, uh, we have it's a like re- Facebook. Yeah. It's basically her. It's a book w- with her face yeah. on it. Uh, and she. Brings up an interesting fact again, connecting back to the beginning of the season, that Terresium, where she brought those peeps uh from World War Three, that is the planet that she sort of camped out on to hide from control.
1: Yeah. So she like brought them there and she's watched them thrive and she's, you know, it sort of let her know that the, the time space-time continuum is changeable. You know, like she can change things. Because prior to that she sort of thought, like, maybe this is a futile mission where I'm not gonna be able to go back in time and mm-hmm. stop the the AI from getting the data from the sphere, but she's like, "Well, I went back in time and saved these people, so maybe it's possible."
0: I have to give Discovery a lot of kudos in this episode. I'll admit there were some points where maybe it got a little, a little schlocky with some of the dialogue, but I really feel like all the Gabrielle Michael Giorgio stuff was really well done. Yeah,
1: plus it was a bit of a like stark change from the last episode where Sanika Martin Grayton is like so. In it to win it with the acting that you know this episode there's just a lot of dialogue and there's not as many opportunities to sort of eat the scene but um, yeah I still,
0: I still think she's doing an amazing oh I job. agree I don't I'm I like she this did Michael it. so much better than just like the very like I don't know the very like prim and proper
1: yeah the Vulcan Michael yeah. this is like the humanoid um vulcan mix with more on the emotions which i like too
0: what are you thinking we've seen what this is like four or five episodes of ethan Peck's spock so far now that now that i feel like we have a significant amount of time seeing him what what are you thinking about him
1: well it kind of sucks because like you leave the um the original series spock in this sort of he's come and grown so much that he's more like michael than he is like him his original self but you forget that in the original series yeah he's very much so like this like he's very like logic over emotion and he's like a little robotic and he that that sort of aspect of being friends and like growing and learning doesn't happen for like a little while so um i don't dislike what he's doing because it's accurate but i also don't love it because it's not spot yeah
0: because he's an asshole yeah what it is he's sort of asshole spot coming in sort of like giving his quips. I'm glad that he grows to I wouldn't say the bridge is completely built with him and Michael, but it's at least better.
1: It's more like what happens with him and Kirk in the original series, where like he's kind of a pain in the butt and Kirk's just kinda like, we're gonna be friends. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm gonna make this happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh so we get a bit basically this episode is sort of like uh Gabrielle G- sort of camped out in her containment field office and people yeah. stopped by and visit her.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like she's uh, in a press junket and like everyone's <laughs> coming to like give her like an interview or something, but um I didn't hate it cuz it sort of kept it a, like a constant sort of backdrop for all these different scenes, so it's like every time somebody would come in, they would have to do like a total, you know, 180 on the the whole um like scene like what's the emotion what's the what's the given circumstance
0: yeah exactly when all stanislavski space stanislavski exactly what i really liked about it as well as i thought Sonya Stone did a really good job of initially you know when you have time travelers come they're usually wide-eyed yeah or, like bleeding hearts she is stone cold when she comes here because well, like you
1: said been she's, 20 years yeah. of her just going back to the same place but i
0: love that because she is just so tired yeah like she'll tell michael later on when michael comes to her in tears she's like I had to let you go. At least she says that initially. She she's, says,
1: I don't think she say, She goes
0: back yeah. on her word eventually, but she's like, I had to let go of you. Cause I watched you die so many times. Like, yeah. I just love you're uh, a
1: ghost to me well, is what she says to Pike.
0: And I, it feel, yeah, she says, uh, you're one of like a millions in a, in a galactic graveyard, which is yeah. very haunting imagery, but she's
1: like, I'm talking to a dead person. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's so interesting because, it seems like for her, she is all business right now. She's like, well, y- y- y'all y'all stop. You, you put my foot in a, the galactic bear trap. And now well, and I it sucks I need to do for her, stuff. too,
1: because she's the only one who really gets the stakes. Whereas I think they understand that this is a big deal. But it's for them. It's like there's still life in the universe. So it it hasn't happened yet. So they're not as like, um, I guess, like dramatic about the whole thing yet.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think she also has uh, she obviously has, you know, She's able to see the entire futures. She makes allusions to this when she's like, Pike, I know what happens to you, but you, you probably don't want to hear it.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, I know how you die. It's like, hey, we, we know that too. Whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're we are just like you, Gabrielle. Yeah, don't like, don't come get off on, get on your on. high horse.
1: Come on. This is a TV show.
0: <laughs> come on. You obviously know this is a TV show. Maybe she does. <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe That's... she knows this will be produced one day.
1: Perhaps.
0: So we get Gabrielle's sort of ultimatum here. Yeah. Which is look, I tried putting the sphere in your path. That clearly isn't working. What you need to do right now is destroy the data. Cue the protestations from Saru.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're all sort of like bummed about that. And I think fairly, there's a lot of information there that can be useful. And it kind of answers a question for us, like, okay, if they have this sphere, then why, you know, do any sort of scientific missions ever happen in the future because they know everything about everything now. So yeah. like, um yeah, destroying the data sort of clears up that sort of, I guess you could say, like plot hole for future series of Star Trek. But um they have like a little sort of meeting of the minds where they're like, should we? Shouldn't we? pro-con list anyone? And it's like, okay, great wasting let's, time. let swat
0: out getting rid of the yeah, data. Yeah, exactly. Atmosphere.
1: That's exactly what they do. And then they finally decide, okay, we're going to delete the data. So, but they, they can't
0: delete the data.
1: Well, they're not going to delete it. They're going to put it in the suit and send it to the future. Right.
0: Well, that's what they decided after they actually got into it. And they're like, oh, they basically got yeah. locked out by A password that's consistently changing
1: yeah so like it's i mean it's that's fair the sphere's trying to take care of itself it clearly knows what's up so yeah so they are like okay well instead of that why don't we put it in the suit the suit can hold it we'll send the suit back we'll keep her our mom here and uh it'll be great
0: what did you think about one of the other reasons why we found out okay the reason why the red angel appealed to spock specifically it wasn't just because you know she helped sort of correct the events in michael's life but she said that his Latak Torahi, his his, vo- his Vulcan dyslexia, made him susceptible, or made him so, uh, made him sort of immune to time aphorisms. It wasn't
1: just that; it was that he's a Vulcan and a human, so he has like these equal lot. His like ability to under like partake like the logic of it all, like mm-hmm. understand that, is higher than a normal human. But a Vulcan, a regular Vulcan, wouldn't be able to like understand. Um, the time just i guess dysmorphia of it all or just temporal
0: displacement yeah
1: displacement you know so like he the fact that he's dyslexic which is super uncommon in vulcans makes him like able to like comprehend it without going crazy basically
0: i mean it's an interesting way to look at you know something like a learning disorder in this minute yeah like hey you know what you have your own purpose just like the rest of us do
1: yeah totally it's like saying that like just because you see the world a little differently doesn't mean it's wrong
0: exactly do, is, uh, this is totally off track, but I mean, is Spock like the only half human, half Vulcan ever?
1: No, I, I'm, I mean, he can't be, right? Because
0: <laughs> when you were talking about <laughs> Plus, that, I'm like, like I don't I'm like, remember. Well, There has to be other chosen ones. <laughs> no, you know? yeah,
1: I don't think it, and it's, not it's, like, it's like that. The Harry
0: Potter, Neville, Longbottom They're type saying,
1: thing. like, okay, out of the half human, half Vulcans, and the ones that are living, and the ones that have this dyslexic condition, mm-hmm. I found him. Because he's rooming with my daughter, like they're bunkmates. Yeah. So she was like, okay, well, I figured out a way to connect with this person in the timeline that my daughter's in. And now we're, you know, we're going to make it happen.
0: So Michael is initially forbidden from going down to talk with <laughs> her, mother. her mother. Well,
1: her mother's like, I don't want to see her because it's just going to mess up me being like, I don't know, like sort of uh, aggressive about this whole I need to continue my mission thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. To the point of where when Michael even burns down, da- beams down. Uh, it's not. Oh my God! It's been twenty years. It's. Did you destroy the sphere data? It's right. All, again, all business. All no, business. No personal.
1: You know, she's a lady boss. She's gotta. She's gotta do what she's gotta do.
0: Did you like the uh, little Hamlet inside joke between? I
1: did. It was Spine, cute. Like
0: a oh, Hamlet. Hell yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Well, and I think we got a few Twitter comments. I forget who said it. That like the dialogue in this episode is extra quippy. Yeah, the
0: Brennan Fitzpatrick. The
1: Brennan Fitzpatrick pointing out that um, you know, there's a lot of like. A lot of like silly things that they do and they say, but I mean, I prefer that than it just being so like straightforward with all of this technical jargon and, mm. and all of these like plot devices happening. So, you know, it doesn't bother me as much as I think it would if it was every episode like this. It's but a good,
0: it's a good point. Like maybe I'd rather have schlocky action dialogue than like. When they go into that five-minute conversation of like, well, use the dark matter part. Oh my this god! Yeah, part. I was like, what the frick are they talking? It about? really does. I, I don't know. Do you feel like discovery with some of these explanations is more sciency than than other? Yeah, for in the sure. Well, and
1: I think that's the nature of our television programming in you know 2019 is that we expect that kind of dialogue that really puts it out there for us so that, you know, there's no sort of gray area or if there is gray area, it's like we have all this data to back it up. But like in in the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties, they definitely were not um like interested in, like people who watch TV I think just wanted the story and the like yeah. the soap opera of it all.
0: Well I think they're also doing it for the Neil deGrasse Tysons out there who are like, I'm I'm watching you. Well that's
1: what I mean. It's like we have this social media, we have the internet now where people are like breaking this stuff down so they're like Let's give him more to to work with, I guess.
0: To Brendan's point, there are I feel like more of the quote unquote cheesy. Yeah, but that's also like sort of Star Trek too, right?
1: Oh for sure. Like Like, have you seen the original series?
0: I love science. Yeah. uh, I kind
1: of loved when he's like, I love science. I
0: I I was fine with those. I was less uh I was less happy with the action Ash Tyler of it all when he's like quipping with Giorgio of like she's like you know, later on when she says if, if you don't do this, I'll kill you, he's like I've already been killed. you just telling me that I'm gonna have a great look at the scenery when it happens, you know?
1: Yeah, stuff like that's more cheesy. But I also feel like when like they do things that are a little too modern day speech colloquialisms, those stick out quite a bit. Like hell yeah, it's like it's funny, but it's like I don't know if she would have said that.
0: Like <laughs> I don't know this the disco especially seems yeah no it's with, true like, things from like, like the Tilly. 19, yeah the 1940s. Uh, so maybe it's something that's still in... I guess we're seeing what language survives the test of time.
1: Yeah, and it's true. I mean, it's like, I think maybe one of the... I don't want to say mistakes that other series have done, is they're like, this is what future people look like. This is what future people talk like, not considering that, like, they're descendants of us, so why wouldn't they have the same language? Mm -hmm. Like, it probably has... it It probably... like de-evolution or whatever you want to say like devolv devo- i'm sorry i'm brain <laughs> it probably devolved our language to a point where like w- as soon as like the federation was put into place they were like okay guys got to get it back together with yeah, this we're english to
0: revert back to the no
1: lols no the,
0: brbs we're going back to the 1990s
1: yeah exactly
0: a <laughs> time where language was at its peak. So michael beams down and we have this really interesting scene between mother and daughter which again starts off super stringent of did you get the spirit data no K bye thanks
1: yeah uh, her mom breaks down though eventually she's like i'm trying to be strong right now because i need to complete this mission it's like but like you're making it and michael's like no absolutely not love me <laughs> well and
0: i think you know gabrielle outlines this concept of For lack of a better term, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, wibbly-wobbly,
1: timey-wimey. People think
0: time is fragile, precious, beautiful, sand in an hourglass, all that. But it's not. Time is savage. It always wins. This is meaningless. And I think she talks with Pike before about how like time is fluid and it's a gravitational force that works with AI to sort of pull her back. So I think it's an interesting way to sort of look at things. Instead of instead of a solid, it's a liquid.
1: And she's learned that because she sort of was one of those people that thought time was a little bit more linear than it is. And then when she moves the Teralisium people, she's like, okay, well, maybe it isn't like that. And then she continues to like see all these things happen that sort of prove her point that like you can, time is a big old mess. You know, like any action that you make is going to have a equal opposite reaction.
0: Exactly. To quote Tilly's second favorite Newton law, I believe is what she yeah. said. Yeah. We'll have to get the power rankings from her later on. There's only three, so...
1: Oh, Tilly. At this
0: moment, I don't know, maybe some guy named Newton came out in, like, the 2200s with a new set. I don't think so. <laughs> you never know. You never know. So, as we talked about before, uh, Gabrielle, has, she comes across like she has just been super calloused. Yeah. Fragilistic, dexpialidocious. Exactly. To the... I, you just completely like no soul, my yeah, Harry poppin' trippers. Did, reference. <laughs> did um, you
1: want me to react in a certain way?
0: I, I hope we were going to get up and do a, da- a little bit of a dance with animated figures. You thought I was going
1: to dance I right now? I thought in
0: the penguins and everything, just saying.
1: No, I'm not going to dance right now. Okay. I can't even stand up. Maybe later. Okay.
0: So the, Gabrielle talks about how you know she's seen her die so many times that like this is my life in prison. I've given up hope. Yeah, hundred. percent understandable.
1: Fair. <laughs> I don't envy her, even if she is a time traveler.
0: So this is where we get our like five minute speedy exposition of okay, if we put the, the sphere data into the suit and then send yeah. the suit so far forward in time past the you know past her usual landing point in nine hundred fifty years, control can't get to it. Right and. Hooray, the universe is saved.
1: So at the end of the, my question, after hearing that, at the end of this episode, is she sent further back or is she sent 950 years in the suits with her?
0: I want to say it's the latter, but the suits with her, but they destroyed the time crystal.
1: Right. But they were originally planning on sending it back further than her.
0: Yeah. And well, well, forward, more forward, they were going to send it more forward into the future, but they were also going to use this this antimatter that they picked up to keep her there to pull her from her time path.
1: So did her not being able to be pulled from the time path mean that the suit is in the future with her where it is accessible by AI?
0: Yeah, I guess it's I'm, so we have what since 54% got set to section 31, 46% is left in that suit. suit And so her and 46% of the suit, at least from my understanding... Yeah, guess, but,
1: like, is AI still in the future, is my question.
0: Yeah, is, is she still... I mean, I guess she can hide out on Terralisium, because now she has she's yeah. she has nowhere else to go, and it seems like she's coming back to the same point. Right. So I guess she's just gonna hang out there and hope control doesn't come for her?
1: Right, and then I think the other thing is, like, at the end, the suit goes first, so maybe the suit did go further.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the Leland Giorgio thing. I mm. love the fact that the thing that makes Giorgio like... Side eye Leland a is the fact that according to him, according to her, she's he's not as spineless as he was before. She's like, wow, I can't, big dog, you in an argument like I usually can't. Something's wrong. Here. Yeah,
1: but then I think what is what was the line that was said later where um he says something that makes her. It's like, um,
0: he says that it's an unacceptable risk to the larger mission,
1: which is exactly what Control has said in the past. So
0: yeah, they got to work on some new terminology. You know? Well, when and so you, she figures. That,
1: I mean, it's good on her. Honestly, I didn't think anyone was going to figure it out this episode. Yeah. Like, I I think like of all the people that did, it makes the most sense that she did because she is somebody who is ne- like doesn't ever see the good in people. So she's always looking for that sort of um crappy. He, like aspect of humanity yeah, she's so the
0: pessimistic universe
1: yeah so she's like never she's always suspicious so when he says that she's like um no absolutely not and i mean i think she was also suspicious when he was like um like tyler didn't want to get this data for me i need you to do it and she seems to have sort of a weird bond with him where if if ash tyler didn't want to do it then like then maybe this isn't the right move—not yeah. morally, but just like uh, logistically—and sort of for my own skin.
0: It's a very like all type of pitch that he makes too, of like she's going to, she's more powerful than you. <laughs> That's what. You, I, you yeah, be I that from two universes.
1: <laughs> I mentioned that in the beginning is like such like a stupid thing to like try to get somebody to do something because like, and I think she sees through it. She's not somebody who is easily persuaded with sort of like an ego i would say like she's pretty self-assured so i don't think that somebody who's a time traveler her coming back like i
0: gotta get rid of this one she's (laughs) coming for your wig
1: yeah exactly (laughs) like i'm the only one who's allowed to be from two universes like totally toddler but i think that's an aspect of control that in the future of this series will hopefully help them beat it is that it doesn't understand humanity yeah
0: which i really liked like you would think at first like that's a stupid pitch but it sounds like if a, if it's like when they try to do all this machine learning of like, we we programmed um, a computer with 75 Olive Garden commercials. And it's a yeah. like very warped language. That's essentially what it is. It's not perfect learning, but they're sort of copying from what they've seen beforehand. Like Leland, I feel like is someone who, as we've seen before, gets big dog consistently totally. from someone like O. So he thought, okay, if I try to big dog her, then maybe this will work.
1: Well, and additionally, I think that he's somebody who would be threatened if he were the only person who had lived in two universes and somebody else came in. So it's like, it took over this person assuming that it's human, I can learn from it, but not all humans are the same, so like, no. (laughs) No. The normal person is not going to be threatened just because somebody else comes into the picture who has also been into different. Yeah, this is
0: not like like high school. Like you, can, there can be more. You just can't have one. Yeah, they're not.
1: Kid. Yeah, they're not like middle school age children too. So they definitely should have their their shit together when it comes to that. So
0: let's talk about the Gabrielle Giorgio scene, the my two moms scene for Michael Burnham. I actually really liked this, this scene. This is my favorite part of the episode by far. I think it was so well acted on both sides. It yeah. was so well written. It was just great to see. Two characters commiserate over this idea of like de facto motherhood, too.
1: Well, and she's also like talking to her originally, like, she's heard like the Giorgio that she um is pretending to be and i couldn't i couldn't really tell if she knew from the beginning that she was mirror universe Giorgio, and was just sort of being snarky or if Mm -hmm. she didn't know and then i
0: think that she knew and but what Giorgio was saying was like you must be confusing me for my prime universe counterpart and she says no i wasn't so i think what 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 (laughs) she's saying is like i agree i know you have a soft spot
1: yeah like i agree like you're Like, I I know that you're a Terran. Like, I see that. I I remember I'm a time traveler, like, LOL. But um, I also see that since you've been here, uh, you and my daughter are BFFs now. Like, you care about her. Like, try as hard as you will, but you do.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's where... O says, oh, you know, I would never sacrifice myself to save the galaxy. And, you know, uh, Gabrielle like replies, you don't have like, s- 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 you'd be surprised what you do for the people you love.
1: Well, it sounds like you don't have to sacrifice yourself to save the galaxy, but you'll do it for Michael. Like, you'll yeah. sacrifice yourself for her.
0: So as they're having this conversation, Giorgio has been given the task that Aisha was not able to do before of... Uh, Stick this little
1: yeah, stick a blinking light on a on a cargo pack.
0: Yeah, basically, and that will that will sort of uh, help hack the system totally. and bring all the sphere data over to them. I what, see
1: no flaws in the plan.
0: Yeah, because what Leland was essentially the the line that he was selling her, which she wasn't too keen to, as we were talking about before, was okay. They're going to do this, but we need the data for right. ourselves. What if she's actually sent here to take the data to control?
1: Yeah, and it's like a transmitter, I guess. But like we've seen, even in discovery. Like when they go and set up the transmitter and Saru, like, remember that? I forget what episode that was in the first season, but Saru, like, gets yeah, like, no, taken Paavo, in. Yeah. Yeah. On Pavo.
0: That transmitter was huge. It was giant. It was a big like, beacon they had to set up to get, yeah. to get the, uh, the Klingon <laughs> cloaking technology. So
1: um... now it's a little blinking light. It's like a bike light.
0: I mean, like, this is. Part for the course. Uh, I guess 31. that's true. It is section thirty-one. Super, that got is time true. Travel stuff. They've got little LED. I forget,
1: but yeah. So she puts it on there, and then like immediately, like sort of regrets the decision after she like starts talking to to Gabrielle, and then immediately after, like when she talks to Leland, she's like, "This isn't good." Or she remembers he said that, yeah, and is like, "I should turn this off for sure." But then he comes down, and everything goes to hell.
0: So before we get to that, Michael comes down. For one more thing, because now they have this—they have this plan that she's not right. They're going to send
1: the suit back. They're going to keep the mommy yeah, there.
0: She, she's keen on one part of the plan because she's again she's in self-sacrifice mode. So she's like, "Yes, send me back with the suit," mm-hmm. and they're like, "No, no, no, you're coming with us." And this is where you know things get a little emotional because this is yeah. when Gabrielle finally sort of breaks down her facade and talks about you know how she was there for Michael every step of her life. Yeah, she's yeah. like,
1: I've been there, even if you didn't know I was there.
0: Exactly, and I find that super sweet. It's like a, it's like a Futurama montage, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what well, it is. Well, then there's one episode of Futurama I know, I know. With Leela's <laughs> parents. Uh, so yeah, she talks about how, you know, seeing you gave me strength and resolve. So basically, she's saying, you know, I'd forgotten you, but... She basically was saying the entire time, I was doing this all because of you. Yeah. I, was, I wanted to save the universe because you. I want to protect you. Like, no
1: I'm putting no it on a strong face right now. But, like, yeah, it would be great if I could just come, like, hang out with you. But that's not in the cards.
0: And also, it's also interesting how Michael specifically, especially later on when things go haywire, was so resolute about keeping her there. She said specifically, I'm not losing you again, which is, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's almost exactly what Stamets said to Colber when they yeah. were making their way out of the mycelial network because remember when that happened in this season too
1: i recall the time and colbert yeah he's we forget to mention that he's sort of just like back on duty
0: yeah i mean i guess he's sort of he
1: mentions sort of, it later in the episode where he's like um yeah i've been back on duty for like a few days and that's because like i understood that like i was
0: needed Man, that's it. he brings up an interesting parallel as well to michael i think this is earlier in the episode of like take it from me uh the person who came back might not necessarily be the person who you last saw
1: a little bit of a different situation, just,
0: just a smidge, uh, and I guess Cole in an <laughs> okay place. It seems like he has uh recurring appointments with Admiral Cornwell in her, in her office, maybe. Hopefully, probably this is finally solving that counselor problem that we've been talking about on the podcast. Yeah, so they sort of do the uh, the wrath of Khan moment where they each put tearfully put their hands up to the containment field. Yeah, oh, but <laughs> as you said the uh the hits the fan
1: the gach does hit the fan
0: <laughs> uh, so Giorgio stops the transfer and says okay tyler i want you to, go to find out what leland's doing and tyler catches leland what like mid nanobite his face is all weird
1: yeah I, when you saw the back of his head i was like is this gonna like turn around to the front of his head and he's gonna have like a weird sort of yeah, it's
0: like it's like star wars when they bring down the helmet on
1: exactly exactly so it was totally gross and then he like snaps out of it but i was like why didn't ash tyler like leave faster like maybe he was so shocked but like he's supposed to be this like um like i guess like in the military like he's supposed to have quick reflexes like there was a good pause between when he walked in he saw leland's face and leland like reacted
0: like he could have left is this bad to say that i wish this time that Ash Tyler. Ash Tyler died was the time that Ash Tyler
1: died. Yes, it's terrible to say. I I know you love him. I love him. Your I size? just want him to shave his face, though. So. He's not gonna do I that. know. That's no, what but I you tell him. I think the only reason I love him is because Michael loves him, and I don't, like, <laughs> you know, I need that aspect in my television. That's
0: true. That is the only, now that Stamets and Culber are broken up, yeah. that's the only sort of romance. I just He
1: can die after they, like, I don't know, get back together and, like, have a few, like, boring episodes of being together, and then he can die.
0: Yeah, I just feel like it's a little crazy that he gets sh- shanked here by leland and just he what, does get his shanked, way into but... a pod and, and launches himself into space. i
1: mean props to him though for even staying alive long enough to to contact the discovery and be yeah. like it's leland like you you know that was really helpful for sure so
0: mm-hmm. so we get this a lot of stuff going on down on the planet yeah. between Giorgio and uh G- Giorgio and leland sort of having their own big old fist fight where we get to finally see, like, I feel like this is yeah. really us seeing Giorgio in action.
1: Well, and we've been wanting that, too, because I mean, the actress is, like, like meant for that, so. Yeah,
0: well, and I think that we got it a little bit when she had Michael kick her ass when they were on the second thirty. <laughs> yeah, Chips
1: but they did that just, just because she's a martial arts expert.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I was happy to see her just her go, like, ferocious yeah, she
1: went track. ham on him um, so
0: he went ham on her because he was like snapping necks of people with one hand right
1: right and i mean they were injuring him he wasn't like in infallible like you they were when they were shooting phasers at him they were making holes like it just wasn't really knocking him back that much so um yeah
0: so then while this is going on we have gabrielle essentially tell michael like you have to let me go and everyone else is telling her I I, I I think it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few but you could feel the pain on her face oh totally
1: she, and she's she like, knew all right we
0: have to bust up this containment field and basically suck them into space with yeah. no way with time with no way of getting back
1: exactly so i mean total bummer for sure
0: so they do it she ends up that's a gg on uh, on the red angel and as she gets pulled up they say all right beam us up and blow this all to hell mm-hmm. and they do Leland's not dead. Yeah, well, because he beamed out to Section 31 he, just in time. That had to happen. Like they. Well, w- they said that at the end. They, yeah, but like, but like I meant like oh. they wouldn't have killed him there. Yeah, for sure. You know?
1: And so, yeah, but I mean, it was a good try. And then they also get a notification that Ash Tyler is just in a pod.
0: <laughs> yeah, they get a push notification on their
1: phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ash, by the way, there's an escape pod from Section 31. Ash uh, Tyler one, checked himself one life into form. a pod.
0: Yeah, I, I actually thought it would have been interesting if he had stayed on there i mean leland probably would have killed him but now we have
1: well i think he would have died too he was bleeding out so
0: but i think that we we have nobody aboard the section 31 vessel now except for leland in terms of character so i feel like there's a chance we might not see them again for a little bit because it seems like he he beamed aboard the ship and then that ship just sort of warped out but at the end where. of this
1: episode they have a preview for next episode where there's just a bunch of section 31 ships so
0: yeah. i'm i'm wondering if he comes back or if leland would if this is now control if they would now become the de facto heads well because the problem
1: is the it's ships. his word against anyone else's. he's still leland he's yeah. still running section 31 and unless like everyone in the universe believes everyone on discovery it's sort of like i don't know maybe maybe they're making it up
0: well that's what they were talking about with the chain of command stuff yeah right? that control was saying was like look admiral Pitar wasn't real but there are so many people who listen to so many other people that i can just work my way down yeah okay it's, it's it's like the conspiracy episode exactly. of next generation so they got they're all their ducks in a row michael is mourning losing her mother once again by the way... Like we, a true teen. Do we think is this Do we think this is a wrap on the Red Angel and, um, and Gabrielle Burnham? No. You don't think so? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. I think they want us to think that it is, but um, I'm sure it'll come back.
0: Yeah. Do you think that someone else will be donning the Red Angel suit the next time we see them, or do you think it will be her?
1: I don't know about that, because what are the signals, and what does that mean as well? So, hmm. Good question. Not sure.
0: Spock comes in and says, oh, we lost... Bad news, we lost 54% of the data. Good news, it's not, you know too bad and he is somehow in his monotone spock wisdom able to cheer michael up
1: well yeah and i think that's probably what she needed not somebody to give hugs to because she's like already feeling super emotional so i don't know yeah makes sense
0: well he basically says you know she has adopted her mother's initial motto of it's all hopeless we don't have a time suit anymore we don't have a time crystal like we're defenseless against control but spock says what happened before no longer exists what will happen next has not, not yet been written we only have now. And I guess that's sort of what he's saying is, as much as, I mean, he was talking about this before with the, uh, yeah. the loudze, as he says, <laughs> the the proverb about how, you know, water can cut through a mountain. Exactly. About how you have this immutable thing in front of you, like control, but if you're able to work something in like uh, a time stream, it's able to cut into it and, and work against this. I mean, yeah, this he seems object. really
1: optimistic, which is very out of
0: character. <laughs> which is interesting also, considering just how deadpan and matter-of-fact his yes. voice is it's a nice little uh, another
1: person who needs a little beard shave
0: yes well i think it's i think it's you know.
1: it suits him in this series
0: but he decides to set back up the chess board for one game
1: he gotta love tiered chess
0: well i mean i'm glad that it wasn't that destroyed after he threw it to the ground a you couple think they don't ago. have
1: more than one chess set aboard uh, I guess the they discovery do, they do
0: have a replicator yeah <laughs>
1: Mike thinks there's only one chess
0: set. Just, and I don't know exactly what hobbies they're. Yeah, no. I and think Mike, and he I think and
1: Mike, they just probably got a new one.
0: I mean, he also said that Michael didn't have much. So, I mean, maybe she would have hold, held on to it. Maybe he gave
1: it to her. He was like, I replicated this for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But he says, instinct and logic together. That is how we'll defeat control in the battle to come. It's interesting that he said instinct and not emotion. Do we think yeah. that? Does that mean the same thing? Or?
1: I think for him, it means like, um, like humanity and logic is what will defeat it like not necessarily yeah. like your gut instincts as well as your logic will defeat it not yeah. really like emotion per so it's se. so it's
0: brain and gut not necessarily heart which i feel like is the emotion part of it sure <laughs> just going over the body parts <laughs> uh so she says all of history can change with our next move and it's michael's move so it does sound like she is filling in her mother's footsteps yeah. in terms of being the determinant of what's to come in the future and it seems like michael has taken this hook line and sinker she just sits down and touches a piece and then cut to the credits.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think it was a really good episode and I think that it, like, makes me curious what they're going to do next, but um, lots of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was, ironically enough, given how we end the episode, it was sort of like moving the pieces. Yeah. As much as we found out about a lot of stuff, you know, Control taking over Leland, we found out more about what exactly involved the Red Angel. It seems like we're really setting things up for what's to come, this big showdown. And I thought it was buoyed by some really great performances. Again, I can't talk enough about that gabrielle georgio scene yeah
1: that was great
0: and it's a, it is a cool thing as well because i feel like and this is the advantage of having such a, a great set of female focused characters totally on this series that motherhood is a topic that and not really been broached a lot in the franchise before in a major way. And we got a little bit with Laurel and the baby back at the beginning of the season. But this was like...
1: More than enough with that. <laughs> but this
0: was like front and center.
1: Yeah, and I think it's not only motherhood, but it's like, uh, you know, it's like... Because not all women are mothers. Right. <laughs> um, but that it's... There's a lot of complex um, levels to being a female in the future, in the Federation and Starfleet or whatever.
0: The future is female.
1: I Darn tootin'.
0: Well, speaking of Laurel, let's talk about what we saw next week. Were you surprised that we're going back to the Klingon of it all?
1: So, I don't know if we're necessarily going to see Laurel or, you know, the Klingons per se, I, but we're going to see... I
0: surprised if we did not. If, but if, we're going if to if the planet get, where the baby is, right? Yeah, but if we get one episode with Mary Chifo this season, that feels very Yeah, that odd does seem me. odd
1: from an actress perspective. But, but yes,
0: you're correct. So, at, for those of you that might not remember, because again, it feels like literally an entire season ago... Uh, Lorel faked Ash Tyler and the baby's death, and she sent Ash Tyler on Section 31, and they beamed the baby down to a monastery on this planet Wareth, or whatever the the name is of it. Yeah, it's
1: like but I don't they say it funny, because they're Klingons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it seems like another signal is appearing over there. And it's interesting, because they mentioned this, I think, in the last episode, that the signals appear over... People whose lives need to be saved. Yeah. So I, I wonder. Mean basically. So I wonder if that's a thing here, where like maybe the baby's life is in danger.
1: But they don't necessarily correlate to the red angel. But it was yeah. just coincidence when the, they did yeah.
0: correlate. So, but this could be something. Yeah. Not dealing with the red angel. It just could be something where we're maybe, moving back
1: to the signal hunt.
0: Maybe the baby's life is in danger because uh, the Klingon High Council found out about it. Maybe section, maybe. maybe Section Thirty One wants it to you know get control of the uh, and have you know hold something over Laurel's head. Right. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It looks like. To your point, they are in a heap of trouble because a bunch of Section 31 ships.
1: Yeah, they're coming for them, for sure. So, it, And it's unclear whether or not they're coming for Discovery or they're coming for something on this planet, but they're there.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting because I think it's Pike who says, you know, not all these ships are Section 31. That implies to me, I don't know, I'm I'm predicting a Section 31 Klingon alliance.
1: It makes sense to me. I mean, especially with Leland leading the lean the front there
0: yeah i mean basically you could say you know uh we're fighting for your honor you know we function on honor the ends exactly. justify the means so i could absolutely see that which would really complicate things uh between people like laurel yeah, it wouldn't
1: be and great it, would it
0: no it, it really wouldn't i think that it really perpetuates this idea that discovery is sort of out on its own like when it ran away uh during all the talosian yes yeah yeah yeah. so we shall see uh but it's yeah it's interesting that we're going back to the signals it feels like it's been a long not since caminar all the way back and i think we've
1: all been under the assumption that the the signals were the red angel and now that we know they're not we have to sort of readdress that
0: yeah exactly do we think we're gonna see an ash laurel reunion next episode Uh,
1: i hope not
0: i mean i feel like they have to because they were
1: why do they have to they did all
0: the michael ash stuff last episode that's like Mm -hmm. the only love triangle they can really beat the drum on all right i feel like they need to satiate that a bit you know i'm annoyed (laughs) so we shall see next week do you have any other thoughts about this episode or any predictions as to what's to come
1: no i'm excited um i wonder
0: you're gonna disappear into a little time vortex yourself after this after a three-week run on the podcast.
1: yeah i mean it's been a delight Definitely.
0: <laughs> well, in case people want to follow you in your numerous pursuits on and off mic, how can people follow you on social media? Uh,
1: they can find me uh, at Ange Pelagi on all platforms. Nice. <laughs> uh <and you> can, <laughs> sorry he looked at me really funny i don't know
0: why i responded with nice that was sort nice. Of me judging my nice hell yeah
1: hell yeah
0: <laughs> you can follow me at a mike bloom type you can check out thr.com slash star trek discovery i'm sure to have some stuff going up in the next couple of weeks can you believe it only three weeks left of this season
1: you know it's been like a, a bit of a whirlwind but i'm i'm happy that it didn't feel so like split apart like the other
0: ones well yeah it was not literally split apart uh but yeah it, it feels like it's one of those things that kind of we're talking about like einstein's theory of relativity as michael speaks about during this episode she does yes it feels simultaneously short and long like these past few weeks particularly have really felt rushed together well because
1: you weren't here on the episode on the podcast
0: but it does feel like (laughs) it's been 11 weeks
1: (laughs) yeah no it does feel like it's been much longer
0: yeah so we shall see uh so feel free to Let us know your thoughts online. Uh, You can always reach out to Jess as well at Haymaker Hattie. I'm sure when she watches the episode, she would love to hear your thoughts. I can't wait to hear her thoughts next week. We're getting back to normal fare, uh, chasing signals, Mm -hmm. Jess and myself from now on. But Angela, thank you so much for coming on the past few weeks, filling in for me, filling in for Jess. You have filled all roles. Yeah, I'm done now. You're a utility player.
1: Yes, that's me.
0: And you're going to do a dance right after we finish.
1: No, I'm not. Um, yeah, it's been great.
0: So if you want to check out all the other stuff that's going on with post-show recaps, the Game of Thrones rewatch, I think it actually might be in its last episode coming up this week in honor of the big season eight debut coming up. Actually, I think it the, the season premieres maybe a few days before Discovery ends. So it really is sort of like a, a relay race of post-show recap stuff going on. Awesome. Walking Dead is happening as per usual, so be sure to su- be subscribed to post show recap as well as our Star Trek only feed if you want to check out that stuff as well. Thank you all so much for listening, Angela. Thank you so much for your great work as per usual. No problem. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.
2: This post show recap of Star Trek Discovery comes to us thanks to our friends at TrueCar. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after a big promotion. The giant cube of salvage that contained only your ship and none of the robotic squid probe you picked up from the time rift. Or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas.